Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Cry Like a Boy, a Euronews original podcast series dedicated to revealing stories of men who are defying centuries-old stereotypes in five different African countries. I am Mampeya Jao, and today we continue our discussion on the role of Liberian women of different ethnicities and religions to ending the war. If you haven't heard the documentary episodes of our Liberian series, we invite you to do so by visiting our website at euronews.com. We will be learning more on this topic with director Jeannie Ratica, Oscar-nominated and Emmy Award-winning from the U.S., and Liberian Cecilia Denuelli of the Women in Peace Building Network to discuss the role of women in conflict resolution and peace building. In the previous episodes, we talked about the struggle of this group of Liberian women who demand an end to the civil war. These women would not stop until peace was brought back in their country. Cecilia, last time through our conversation, we mentioned women's determination and passion to ending this war in Liberia. When did you realize that you had the power to change the course of the war in Liberia? And what were your weapons, if not physical force? I realized that I had the power to change the course of the war in Liberia in 2003, where I joined over thousands of women. We came up in our numbers to making sure to put an end to the war. And we did it with passion. And I was so passionate about it that my children almost got killed in the embassy compound where they were seeking refuge while I was on a field talking peace. And so I realized that the power of a woman and the power in my voice to speak truth to power and to make sure that the war come to an end. And that's what's what we did. The weapon that we used was the force of our voices, where we sang peace songs where necessary, and when necessary, we cried, and we were singing a song of peace to our warlords. We brought them to their heels and made sure that they were able to listen to us. For everything that we did, peace was our goal. I realized that women have gained their space in Liberia, though not at the political ring. They are still being marginalized because of cash violence. When it comes to speaking up, every woman in the village knows her right, and she speaks about her rights right now in Liberia, after the war. And the women, if you just ask them, the first thing they tell you, please don't violate my rights. 
And so they are so aware of their rights because of the awareness that was created from 2003 up to present. And I also realized that during that particular process, we had our t-shirts that served as that physical weapon that we wore every time we went out in the field to go for our non-violent protest. As soon as people see us with that t-shirt on at the community level, they will bow. They won't be able to do what they were doing. They will listen to us. They will even call for us to go for dialogue. When it comes to reconciliation in Liberia, no. There has not been reconciliation. The warlords are still gaining their power. Some of them, they are at the House of Parliament. They still sit there, and they are now steering the affairs of the communities, some of them. For example, Prince Johnson, and he perpetrated more violence against women, children, from his end, and even now. And so he's there at the, the House of Senate, and is still there and still demanding and still threatening the course of action. Whenever we talk about world, the World Crown Court, he is in the defense of it and is now threatening that he will not go to the World Crown Court. So we have that as our processes that we are working on right now. Thank you, Cecilia, for this answer. So, Ginny, what was the reaction of audiences outside Liberia to the story of the documentary? What can we learn from this group of Liberian women? The reaction to the film has been incredible. The first time that we showed it uh, was the Tribeca Film Festival. We had There was a, an immediate standing ovation. And the film has now played all over the world. It's played, you know, in Lisi, Georgia. It's played in all over Africa. It's played all, all over the United States. I had a dream. And it was like a crazy dream. We decided to protest. We wore the white, singing to people we were out for peace. Thousands of women, Muslim and Christian, were coming together calling for peace. These women had seen the worst, but they still had that vibrance for life. And we said, well, if I should get killed, just remember me that I was fighting for peace. Audiences totally relate to the film. They're very inspired by the women in the film. And it's interesting because I feel like what people also have taken away from it is that if the women in Liberia could do that under the conditions that they did it, it makes people feel that they can um, overcome things in their own communities, overcome things in their own lives. It's uh, the reaction to the film continues to this day to be incredible. And it's being still shown all over the world. And I think a lot of women all around the world look up to these brave women. Even after the end of the war in Liberia, the role of women was recognized internationally with the awarding of the Nobel Peace Prize shared by Lima Bowie and Ellen Johnson Sirleaf in 2011. So Cecilia, do you think women's voices have gained space in the public debate in Liberia after the war? I would say yes. Women's voices have gained the public space after the war in Liberia. 
while because women are more vocal right now. Women are speaking out, especially when the rights are violated. They are not keeping silent anymore. I take myself as an example. I don't stand for anyone to turn me down on when, when I know I'm right. And so I make sure that my voice is heard. Whether the rural women, the urban women, any woman at that rate for now, they know their rights so well. And so they advocate for their right. As soon as you try to trample upon it, they'll tell you straight, hold it. I know what I stand for, I know what I want. I want my space and I want my voice to be heard. Our weapon was our t-shirt. We, whenever we wore our t-shirts that we had a labor on it, Women in Peace Building Network. And we wore that t-shirt. Anyone that saw that t-shirt, they knew that we were all for something. As soon as anybody saw us with that t-shirt, they knew that there was something. Something was wrong. So that physical strength, we had it through our t-shirts and our lapa. And the lapa had, we want peace, no more war. And so anywhere we wore it, anywhere we went, people were like opening up, giving us space, giving us the audience for us to speak about the atrocities that were happening in the country. So that was our physical strength. And the, the main one was God. God himself gave us the courage. And every time we did it, went and prayed. We come back on the table. We had our uh, organizers where we, we meet. And then when we meet, we debrief. And then where we did right, we go. Where we didn't do right, we correct. All of the voices of the women, my voice was a weapon. In fact, right now, I go nowhere and there's injustice that I don't speak about. Whether in school, whether in a church, whether to the mosque, and wherever, my voice is my strength. Anywhere I go, my voice is that strength that I have. The physical weapon that nobody can take away from me, except God when he takes my life. Liberian women have been a rock against violence in the country, and their actions contributed to ending of hostilities after a 14-year civil war. In fact, President Ellen Johnson Sirleaf became the first woman democratically elected president in Africa. And according to the United Nations, women's continued activism with clear messages to the public has led to their being considered community watchdogs, while they have also developed the concept of peace huts where women receive leadership and entrepreneurship training. As a director, you have always given voice to women figures of change, as in Pray the Devil Back to Hell or The Trials of Spring, chronicling a young woman's journey from an Egyptian village to becoming an international human rights activist. When did you set out as a director to bring these women out of anonymity and what impact has it had? You know, I don't I don't know that I ever actually set out to bring women out of an, anonymity in films. I, I have I come from a really big family. I have 10 siblings and my mother didn't even really like having kids that much. But she it was a situation because she was Catholic. That's what happened. I saw what happened when women weren't recognized before I became a filmmaker. I was very much involved in the feminist health movement in the United States and uh, the AIDS movement where the diseases that women had were not classified as AIDS, which had tremendous impact. So my first film was about women in AIDS. I've always been telling stories 
of women. And it's because I feel like to not recognize what half the population does is a disservice to all of us. So all of these stories that I've told are because I'm really quite inspired by the women and I feel like they've contributed so much that's not recognized. For me, it's good for all women, it's good for all of us to recognize what half of humanity is doing and it's a disservice to all of us that we don't do that. And it's hard to imagine what you don't see. And so I think that the women of Liberia have been a tremendous inspiration to women around the world. And do you consider the Liberian case unique? Could it be applied to other contexts and do women have the strength to unite and be an enabler of peace, such as the Liberian women? I totally think it's it's something that's not unique to Liberia. In fact, I'm sure there's many other stories like this that have not been told and where women come together and make changes in their communities. Um, you know, part of the reason that I did go to Egypt to make the film, uh, The Trials of Spring, is because I knew most of the reporting, again, was about women in uh, the Arab countries kind of being victims and not having any rights. And in fact, that was not true, that the women in all of the Arab Spring played a huge role. And so I wanted to tell that story just again, because it's you can see this story repeating all over the world. Thank you for your thoughts on this important subject. And thank you for joining us here on Cry Like a Boy. Thank you for listening to Cry Like a Boy. If you're new to the series, check out our stories on Redeemed Husband from Burundi, Gay Men from Senegal, Traumatized Minors from Lesotho, and Fallen Heroes, Migrants from Guinea. All African men fighting to defy the strict gender roles and rules. I am your host, Mampeya Jao in Nairobi, Kenya, and it has been a pleasure to accompany you on this journey. With original reporting and editing by Karil Do in Monrovia, Liberia, Marta Rodriguez Martinez, Naira Davlashan, Lilo Montalto Monella, and Arwa Barkala in Lyon, Laurie Martinez in Paris, France, and Slesia Sala in London, UK. Production design by Studio Ochenta, theme by Gabriel Dalmaso. Our editor in chief is Yasir Khan. For more information on Cry Like a Boy, a Euronews original series and podcast, Go to Euronews.com to find opinion pieces, videos, and articles on the topic. Follow us at Euronews on Twitter and at Euronews.tv on Instagram. Our podcast is available on CastBox, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you liked this episode, please give us five stars and leave a comment. We love reading those. Share with us your own stories of how you changed and challenged your view on what it means to be a man. Use Cry Like a Boy if you're a French speaker. This podcast is also available in French dans la tête des hommes. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl. 
Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.